Nothing nurtures the world above better than the soil below, and that's why I am so excited to introduce you to Coast of Maine. Coast of Maine is an organic soil brand that offers a full range of products designed to cover all of your garden and lawn needs. In years past, my vegetable garden, I neglected the soil and I didn't have much yield. If your soil lacks appropriate nutrients for success, your garden may not succeed. And so this year, I am so excited to cultivate the soil before planting the plants with Coast of Maine's organic products. Coast of Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers, so next time you're at your local retailer, look for Coast of Maine products. Get growing. Visit coastofmaine.com to find a local retailer near you, coastofmaine.com. If you've been paying attention, you've likely heard something about gut health and why zoning in on your gut health is so darn important. You need EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. It's a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. I started taking EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense because I have a bloating problem, friends. Yes, I do. Inflammation is not my friend. Since taking one capsule a day on an empty stomach with water, I have noticed more energy, improved skin, and here's the big one, reduced bloating. Head to myeq.com and use code SUSTAINABLE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and so much more. That's myeq.com and use code SUSTAINABLE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. You're listening to episode 38 of the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast. You are listening to the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a show about living simply and sustainably with your family. Here's your host, Stephanie Safarian. Hi there. Thanks so much for joining me. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know already that this has been a big year in terms of food for me. I started a garden, I've really cleaned up my habits in the kitchen, and I've done this all in the name of sustainability. Food waste is the epitome of unsustainability, so I've really tried to tackle it as I attempt to make my household more eco-friendly. On today's show, we are talking about a piece of the food waste puzzle that still eludes me. We are talking about meal planning and meal prepping. Now, you'll hear me say in today's interview that I have tried meal planning before, and it has failed miserably. My guest also, her name is Stacey Ducharme, the same thing happened with her as she first started meal planning. It is a seemingly daunting task at first, right? Well, you will hear Stacey say today that if you can fix the mistakes on the front end, and stick through the tough times, you will be well on your way to planning your meals like a champion. My guest today is Stacey Ducharme. She is a blogger and homesteader over at Cobble Hill Farm, and she is going to blow you away with her wisdom and her skills today. Today's interview goes pretty quick. She gives so much information in such a short amount of time. 
but Stacy so graciously created a free printable for you this week, and it is excellent. I personally printed out a few copies, put them in my recipe books, and I now use them weekly. They are so good. The free printable is a Meal Planning 101 PDF. It lists all the tips she gives today. And then on the second page, it is a template for you to get meal planning day by day. Check it out. Grab it. It's free at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 038. M-A-M-A minimalist.com forward slash 038. Enjoy the interview. Hi, Stacey. Thank you so much for coming on. How are you? Good. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Well, I am ready to learn all about meal prepping and planning from you. I need some help in this area. But why don't, before we get into the meal planning, why don't you tell us about yourself? Sure. So I blog over at Life at Cobble Hill Farm. Um, My husband and I started a homesteading and simplification of our life in 2008. And we've been super passionate about all aspects of it. It definitely was the right choice for us. So I started a blog about it. What was the impetus behind getting deep into meal planning? Was it because you're a homesteader and have a large garden or were there other reasons? There were other reasons. <laughs> so I had heard about meal planning for quite some time and I I like organization. I think that I'm a fairly organized person. Um, so it definitely struck a chord with me. And the problem was I had only heard about parts of it. So I jumped in uh, feet first, as I do with a lot of things, and I failed. (laughs) And when I say I failed, um, obviously, I turned that into a success later. So the good thing was, was that I made mistakes. And I definitely learned from those mistakes. And and some of those mistakes were, um, I was digging out the recipes, you know, every single week of having to plan. So it was a lot of work every week. And I was just getting frustrated with that. And when my husband one night decided that he didn't want <laughs> what was on the meal plan the next night, I, I didn't know what to do because I hadn't read about what you do in those circumstances. So things like that had stopped me the first time. Then we found ourselves with some credit card debt. Um, we weren't budgeting at all, which I don't recommend to anybody. Um, and I had taken a lower paying job when we moved from Connecticut to upstate New York. And between the two things, we ended up taking on some credit card debt, which neither of us were too happy about. We were basically living paycheck to paycheck like a lot of people do. And when you look at this credit card debt, you think there's no way. There's no way I can pay it off. How do I continue to live and now pay off this debt? So when I looked at our finances, the only thing that really made sense that had some movability was food. (laughs) and what we spent on food, you know, that varied from week to week. So I thought if I could get a grasp of that and take that extra money that we could potentially save, I could put that money toward our credit card debt. So the only thing that I could think of that made sense was to try this meal planning thing again. (laughs) So I, you know, wrote down basically the things that I, that didn't work for us the first time and then determined how I was going to, you know, kind of change that around to make that work the second time. Looking back at where you were financially and where you are now, would you say that meal planning has changed your financial situation? 
Initially, it changed our financial situation because it allowed us to get that credit card debt completely paid off within a year, which we, you know, again, living paycheck to paycheck, we would have never, ever thought that that was possible. So we were able to, and we didn't live on ramen. (laughs) That's what a lot of people assume as soon as I say that we ate good meals you can control the cost every week of each of your meals. You can still go out to dinner. You just plan it now. So maybe you plan um, lower cost meals the rest of the week if you're planning on going to dinner. Um, So then we decided one of our goals was to eventually work for ourselves, which is scary. Um, again, you know, at the time we were living paycheck to paycheck, of course, eventually we weren't living paycheck to paycheck, but we still had this goal. We didn't know what it was going to be that we were going to work for ourselves for. And when we figured that out, certainly controlling our costs through meal planning helped us get to where we are now, which February of this year, I was able to leave my corporate job and both of us are now working for ourselves. Wow. Congratulations. That's huge. It is huge. (laughs) Well, we've touched on one benefit to meal planning and prepping, which is obviously saving money. What other benefits have you gained through the process? So the the, last corporate position that I was at, I was working crazy hours, (laughs) which I think a lot of people can relate to. I didn't have time. And we started the backslide into, well, we'll just go, we'll do takeout tonight. And then we'll do takeout tomorrow night. And before you know it, you're doing takeout or you're buying convenience foods every night or almost every night. It's expensive. It's not healthy. (laughs) And I didn't like it. You know, I I craved something homemade. Um, So I had to kind of readjust, you know, meal planning again, because now I'm meal planning for times that I have no time to cook, which was different than what I was meal planning before. So now I'm looking for fast food, you know, using the slow cooker more, using the instant pot more, um, doing uh, meal prep so that things are prepped ahead. So that saved me an enormous amount of time. It also reduces your stress. Every single day, my husband says, what's for dinner? (laughs) And I I can actually answer that. (laughs) He now looks at the the meal plan. I mean, he has for years, but it's just funny that that was able, it it was stressful for me because it's like this pressure, right? The what's Hmm. for dinner question. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I... I feel that pressure nightly and it's, (laughs) it's, it's, it's real and it's intense that what's for dinner question. (laughs) I would love to never hear that question again. So what is meal planning to you? So basically it's a method where you plan once a week. I sometimes do monthly. Um, I wouldn't recommend that to anybody starting out, but you plan once a, a week rather than every single day, what, what the meals are. Meal planning means planning for the week. Is that accurate? Okay. Now, right off the bat, my main question and potential criticism is how much time does that take on the front end? And that's a fair question. And I think that that's probably the biggest concern and the biggest pushback that I hear from other people because you're, you're trying to save yourself time. You're not trying to add another layer to your life. And I get that. But what you do is you set yourself up for for success from the get-go, and little by little, that stress whittles away. It becomes second nature, 
it becomes so much easier. So what I mean by that is the, the big answer to the question is, you know, setting yourself up with a system. So this takes some time, but it's only once. So you gather all of your recipes, right? Um, I created first a folder and now I have a binder and you include in that any page numbers. So like you don't have to write, you know, the, the recipes from the cookbooks that you have dog-eared or marked in some way, but maybe you just bring over the book, the name of the book and the page number into that same system. It's easiest to organize it how it makes sense for you. Um, I organize mine by protein types. So like for main dish poultry, main dish pork, main dish beef, main dish vegetarian. I then organize, you know, lunch, breakfast. I don't sub-organize any of that. If I'm looking for breakfast, I'm looking for breakfast. <laughs> and I'll go, go to that section. So you get all of that set up ahead of time. You also inventory your pantry, fridge, and freezer. And the reason you do that is it's a shame if you go out and purchase the same things you already have. Right. It's a waste of money, too. I know from experience. <laughs> <laughs> And it's frustrating. And I did that the very first time that I tried meal planning because no one had told me and I hadn't thought of <laughs> go and inventory your fridge, your pantry and your freezer. And, you know, as I'm writing my list, I'm thinking, nope, I don't have this. Nope, I don't have this. Well, I did. So you want to inventory. And if you can just do your inventory once, and I know it takes some time getting used to, but little by little kind of whittle away at that inventory and use that same inventory. You don't have to reinventory every week. So I keep mine on my fridge and I forget inevitably to check off that I took out a, a pack of chicken thighs, but I'll remember the next day when I take out the next thing and I'll mark off both of them. So you set those two things up, the um, organizing of your recipes and then the inventory and then you decide, I think it's easiest to decide on a template. You certainly don't have to, um, but I can fly through making my weekly meal plan by using a template. And what I mean by that is, so you take your, your Sunday through Saturday uh, meal plan or your Monday through Sunday, whatever makes you know sense to you. I assign proteins or types of meals to the days. So Sunday, I know I have no time. <laughs> we have a, a farmer's market that we sell at and I want dinner ready when we get home because we're loading, unloading, like the whole day's gone. I plan a slow cooker meal usually for that day. So that day is listed as slow cooker. Um, you know, and then some of the other days I do buy protein or we do taco Tuesday or pizza Friday. <laughs> so it may be a different type of pizza every week, but I know what, I, what we're going to have. Does your family ever push back, say, I don't want tacos every Tuesday, or do they just fall in line, you're in charge? The, the miracle of meal planning is only for meal planning on getting your family to follow you, unfortunately. So that was one of the other obstacles I had the first time that I tried meal planning. When my husband one evening announced that he really wasn't hungry for whatever was on the meal plan, I, I froze. I didn't know what to do. So one of the things, one of the key things that I suggest when you're setting up your organized list of recipes is I then list items that I can make from frozen. So like I have a shrimp recipe that I can make if I have frozen shrimp on hand and I have a ground beef recipe that I can make with frozen, you know, I don't have to worry about thawing it. The other thing is things that you would have typically in your pantry 
that your family would be thrilled to eat. So my husband, spaghetti and meatballs. He loves spaghetti and meatballs. It's one of the easiest things that you can have on hand. So when I make meatballs as a regular, one of our regular menu items, I make a double batch. I throw a batch in the freezer. That's there as an emergency, but if we don't use it, it's on my inventory. So if we don't use it, I will rotate it into a meal plan just to get it used up and then make a double batch the next time that I make meatballs. It sounds like you really use your freezer as a, so when you cook, you cook double. Is that accurate? And do you, you reserve some for a future meal? Yeah, you can batch cook. And I think that people get a little intimidated by that thought as well. You don't have to batch cook everything. But just think of some of the things that could save you time that you would use regularly. So just because I batch cook it doesn't mean that anybody else should batch cook it. Um, ground beef. So my husband loves ground beef in quesadillas. He loves it on pizza. He loves it in a number of ways, cooked ground beef. So if I'm cooking ground beef, I will cook extra and put cooked ground beef in the freezer in serving size baggies and throw that on my inventory. Same thing with grilled chicken breast. He loves it on salad. He loves it, you know, as chicken salad sandwiches. I know I can use it in an emergency or something quick. So I will batch cook some things like that. Yes. It sounds like the key to your successful system is the inventory. So I'd love to just ask a few questions about that. My first question is, are the items on your inventory dated so that you know what needs to be eaten first? Or is it not that complicated? So the actual raw ingredients are not, although they are marked on the packaging, they're not marked on my inventory sheet. Um, and I think because I'm so used to doing it, I rotate it pretty well now. But the cooked items, the batch items that are going to go bad quicker, I do date those. I do a use by date. So I don't date the date that I made it. I do. I date the date that it has to be used by. And usually if it's cooked, you don't want to keep it for longer than two months. It starts to get frostbit and it starts losing that flavor. Hmm. How many pages is your inventory? <laughs> two. Two. Okay. <laughs> okay. Is there any other information that you put on your inventory? So when I inventory, because I keep it going all the time, so let's say I'm inventorying the fridge. So I do the fridge and then I do my subcategories. I do dairy, I do condiments, I do fruit, I do vegetables. I do a one mark next to it per item. So if I say, you know, cheese and I, and you can even subcategorize it from that, right? Pepper Jack or, you know, whatever. And then I do a one. When I use it, I put a cross through that one. So then when I add it again, I just put another one. So you don't have to actually cross out the item. Is keeping an inventory of your fridge, freezer, and pantry an ongoing process? Are you always constantly crossing things off, adding things, making your ones? Or is this is the inventory something that you designate time in your schedule to upkeep? If you can keep it going. <laughs> and sometimes I'm better at it than others. Um, I think like three months ago, I 
forgot to cross some things off. It, it, it unfortunately takes time out of your day to have to go and re-inventory and it's frustrating and you tend to remember after that. Yeah. I see another glaring problem with the inventory for how it would work in my house, which is my husband would go into the freezer, take out the whatever, the chicken thighs and not cross it off the inventory. Does that ever happen to you? And if so, what on earth do you do about it? It hasn't happened because I'm usually the one taking it out of the freezer. It works out really well for me. (laughs) I understand the planning. You made an awesome template, which is this week's freebie. And listeners can grab it over at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 038. I understand the planning. Now, I really want to talk about the prepping. So I know you said on Sundays you're very busy. Do you prep your meals throughout the week or is it a game day cook? So what I've done is basically designated Thursdays I write my meal plans. So my husband knows if there's anything that he desires for the next week to get it in by Thursday. Um, (laughs) Fridays I go grocery shopping or Saturday. It's one of the two. And then Sunday after we've had our dinner and dishes are done, I prep. So, and I'm not talking about a two-hour prep session. I'm talking 30 minutes to an hour at the most. So basically what meal prepping is, is taking a look at what your week's worth of menus are and figuring out how you can make it a little easier for yourself. You certainly can start with the days that you're going to have the least amount of time. So like if Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday are really, really tight for you for time, look at those meals first and figure out what you can do to help yourself out. Can you chop, wash and chop vegetables? Can you brown ground beef now and have it ready? Can you cook grains that you're going to use through the week? You know, cook up a batch of rice or quinoa or what have you. Um, can you start to prep the morning's oatmeal? If you're going to do overnight oats, that's super simple because you can put oats in your jars, get all of your jars lined up. And every night before you go to bed, you would add liquid and fruit to those jars that you want for the breakfast. You throw it in the fridge. That breakfast is ready and the kids can grab it. Husband can grab it. Everybody can grab their oatmeal in the morning. Oh my gosh, that's life changing. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for that. I will be doing that tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a matter of remembering to do it and, you know, taking it easy on yourself. The other thing is when you go grocery shopping, think about these things. Can I just buy pre-bagged and pre-washed lettuce? It may cost me a little bit more, but it's going to save me a lot of time. Can I buy the pre-shredded coleslaw? Can I get a rotisserie chicken? If we're going to do like a chicken casserole and maybe chicken quesadillas, it doesn't have to be chicken that I've made every single night. Hmm. I can see how as you get better and better with the planning, you can you know, reuse that chicken, let's say, into a variety of things so that you use the whole food instead of allowing it to inadvertently go bad in the back of the refrigerator. Would that be accurate? And that's one of the, you know, now that we grow a lot of our own produce, that's really one of the main reasons for me to meal plan now. We get so many vegetables that are ripened at the same time. And I do preserve a lot of them as well, but you could only do so much in a day of of anything really. 
So it's how can I use all of this? So whether I bought it at the store, picked it from the garden, what types of meals can I incorporate? You know, that's going to use a whole head of cauliflower because one, one meal is not going to use the entire head. What first tips would you offer to anyone who's looking to make the what's for dinner question much easier to answer? So maybe somebody loves your ideas, but aren't quite yet ready to get on board with the full weekly meal planning. What first tips would you offer them? Usually we all have at least one or two days of the week that are really, really hectic. Hopefully it's not all seven, but usually it's, you know, one or two where you're running kids here and there. And, you know, by the time that you get home from work and you've got very little time, if you can even just meal prep for those days, it's going to save you a lot of stress and a lot of aggravation. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking about my Wednesday nights. My <laughs> daughter has an activity on Wednesday nights and we come home right at dinner time and more times than I'd like to admit, we stop for takeout because I haven't done the upfront work of thinking about what's for dinner. So you're making me think maybe Wednesday needs to be my slow cooker night, right? Taking some of your ideas and applying them where they make most sense for me. One final question before we say goodbye. Is meal planning only for good cooks? Absolutely not. So if you're, as long as you're making anything at your own home, <laughs> so you're, you know, obviously if you're taking takeout every night, it, it, this doesn't really work. But if you're making anything, so even if you're buying the ingredients already prepared, but you're putting the meals together, or you're just, you know, you're buying like a rotisserie chicken and letting the kids decide between tacos and quesadillas, and you still have to prepare what types of foods to bring into your home and how you're going to use them so that they don't go bad and you don't have to throw them out. Right. So anybody can benefit from having a system in place. Is that right? Absolutely. And again, even if it's a system that only includes a few days, like you had you know, pointed out that maybe when someone wants to start, they don't want to start with a full week. I think that they can see a lot of benefit in even one or two days, just knowing for those couple of days what they're going to do. For listeners who want to learn more about you and Cobble Hill Farm, where can they find you? So my blog is lifeatcobblehillfarm.com. And that's where I talk about everything from meal planning to changing over to natural products. Stacy, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom. I love your template that you created and I printed out a few copies. So <laughs> I will be filling it out next week, posting it on my Instagram and definitely coming back at you with some additional questions if that's okay. That sounds great. Thank you again. Take care. Thank you. So there you have it. I hope Stacy gave you all the enthusiasm you need to get meal planning yourself. Be sure to check out her freebie at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 038. And if you are interested in creating a more eco-friendly kitchen, definitely check out episodes 14, 3, and 35 of this podcast. I go into everything about sustainable kitchen habits in those episodes. On next week's episode, we are talking about mindfulness and how mindfulness is a never talked about but hugely important piece of minimalism. 
I will see you then. Take care. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.